0: Shake their hand. Tell them their smile is incredible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I don't know if some, I see some parents went out. We'll give them a minute to get back from distributing children. Would you just pray with me this morning? The Lord is here. I felt him early on. I know you have as well. We're not interested in just going through motions. You know that. We desire the will and the work of the Spirit of God, and I believe the Spirit of God wants to work. Could you pray with me and ask the Holy Ghost to have his way? Could you cast off every care and every thought? Seek to come in alignment fully and completely with what he's wanting to do today. Jesus, in your mighty name, we thank you for your presence that is evident. We thank you for the privilege of calling on your name. We worship you this morning, O God. We worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you for your word that cannot fail. We thank you for your word that cannot fail. We thank you for your word that cannot fail. We lift up your name today, Father, I pray the work of the Holy Ghost. We yield ourselves to you as instruments, O God. We can do nothing without you, but with you all things are possible. You know each and every one of us present here this morning. You know exactly what is necessary and needful in our lives. You know the plans you have for us, O God. And so we come to you today, submitting ourselves to you, submitting our thoughts to you, submitting our lives to you, that your will would be done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to continue praying. Some of you are just sort of here. We can't go anywhere till we're all here spiritually we need to we need to connect with what he's wanting to do where it's appropriate why don't you pray with someone beside you join hands or or put a hand there on the shoulder if it's appropriate and let's agree together jesus in your name jesus in your name you said if two or three would agree touching any one thing in your name we would have that which we ask we agree together today for what you want to do. We agree together, Lord. We purpose to wait upon you and how you desire to work. One sound of your voice, Father, the clarity of your voice, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus name, I pray for all of us. in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, all power belongs to you, all authority is yours, all of creation is subject to you, O God, for you are the creator. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. We'll start with verse 35. A week ago, a week and a half ago... I was just thinking about this over here a while ago. Anybody remember that wonderful thunderstorm we had overnight on Thursday night a week and a half ago? Man, wasn't that wonderful? And I, see, I spent some time in the South as a kid, first five years of my life, and then, of course, a few years uh, along the journey, and even in North Carolina in my primary years. And, man, I loved thunderstorms the lightning, and, man, I'd love it when it would pour rain, and we could run and play in the rain. Not so much when it was lightning, but we would run and play in the rain, and and it was just, it was wonderful. I mean, we'd s- sit out on the porch, or and just watch the lightning, and hear it crash, hear the thunder cr- I, It was right in the middle of the night the other night, and so, I woke up and was just listening and watching the flash a few times. I thought I'd just go outside and sit out on the back porch here and watch all this happen. I, looking back, I didn't, but I should have. And man, I just love a thunderstorm. And and when you lived in the South, it could be really hot, and then a, a good thunderstorm would come through. And man, it would just everything would be quiet after the storm, and it would be a little bit. Anybody ever lived and experienced that? All right, a few of us. Some of you just have, you haven't been, had that blessing yet, but. I'm not trying to get rid of any of you, but it, it just a wonderful, it just changed the whole climate after it took place. You know what I'm talking about? Well, we sort of watched that happen. If you remember, it was like 104, 105, and then it started changing a little bit, and then all of a sudden that storm came through, and it rained, and thunder, and lightning overnight, and, over, and then we were in the 80s. Anybody remember? Yeah? You remember that, don't you? Yeah. Storm brought something with it, and it took some things with it, didn't it? Remember that. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, that's Jesus, let us pass over unto the other side. He was speaking to his disciples. Notice his words. Let us pass over. Unto the other side. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's some of you here today. today, That the Lord is ready for you to pass to another side than where you've been. I'm not talking about passing out of this life over into glory land. Everybody said amen. But the Lord is ready for you to pass over. To another side. Verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude. They took him. That's Jesus. Even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. Watch. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship. So that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Brought a pillow with him. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Verse 41. And they feared. Exceedingly. And said one to another. What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea. Obey him. Would you pray with me again right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you talk to the Lord right now from your heart, from your spirit? Would you talk with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray the release of all that you intend here today. I pray the binding up of all that you intend here today. I pray the fullness of the work of the Holy Ghost without hindrance here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can be seated if you'd like to. It's interesting to me. Jesus said, let's pass over. And so they did. They were obedient to the Lord. And when they were obedient to the Lord... They headed out, storms happened. Anybody ever gone through a storm in your life? If you've lived past probably 10, you've been through one, and you probably, many of us even before 10 went through storms in our life. Life has storms. God's not unfair. He is just, he's righteous, he's holy. But life has storms. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Storms are part of God's design. He created the wind. He created the waves. He created all that is. The scripture tells us in John 1 and 1, or in John 1 and 3, I think, maybe 4. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Here's the beauty of the fact that he created it all. It's still subject to him. Everything that was created is subject to the creator. And so therefore, storms are a part of his plan in life. You know, it's funny. We want to avoid storms sometimes. We try to circumvent them, but they are part of God's design. I I am not a science major. I wasn't any major, as a matter of fact. I was just majoring to get out of high school and I, I made it. Thank the Lord. And uh I but I remember this about storms. Storms are the product of two fronts coming together. Anybody, anybody back that up, support that? Somebody smarter than me. Look at all these hands going up. There were no hands. Then when I said somebody smarter than me, like all kinds of hands went up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, But storms are the product of of two fronts colliding. You have a, have a, a, a warm front and a cold front, and they'll meet. And when those two different, they call them, oftentimes they call them pressure systems. And when these different pressure systems, these two different fronts collide, there is a storm. Can I tell you something when you start living for God? There are going to be storms. Some people get the idea, well, if I start living for God, life will settle down, everything will be wonderful, it will be peaceful and good, I'll no longer have any problems, pain or pressure, but life will just be smooth and wonderful. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The moment you and I start living for God, we make a turn in our life that says, I'm done going the way of the world, I'm going the way that God is leading me. Listen, there's going to be storms. Why? Because you were going one direction. You were part of one front, one system, one pressure system going one way. But when you repented and said, no longer will I go the way of the world, I'll go the way of God, you became a part of a different pressure system, if I can say it that way. And what happens is the God of this world is battling the God that you're making the God of your life, if you're making the Lord Jesus Christ the God of your life. And there will be storms. It's part of God's plan. As I've gotten older, I'm still young, but as I've gotten older, instead of trying to figure out how to get out of storms so much, I find that I spend more of my time when they come saying, Lord, what is your purpose in this storm? What is your purpose for this? You control it all. So what are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to clear out that maybe is in the way? What are you trying to change about how I think? What are you trying to change around the circumstances around me? What are you trying to do with how I see and how I hear and how I think? God, what is your purpose in this storm? And I can tell you. Uh, From a little bit of experience, if you and I will, in our relationship with God, when storms come, stop letting our first thing be, Oh God, get me out! But if my prayer can change to one of, God, what is your purpose? What is your design in this? I know that you control all things, so therefore I'm trusting you. What is your plan in the middle of the storm? Now, some people do some really crazy things in storms. None of us, I'm sure, have ever. Did you know that the Apostle Paul was in a storm? They were on a ship. You can read it in the book of Acts, around chapter 16, 17, 18, right in there. They were on a ship, and he told them. He tried to tell the captain of the ship, but he was a prisoner, so they weren't listening they had him relegated to a prisoner res- rather than recognizing the man of God that he was. And so they went against his instruction, and then they got out in the middle of this big storm. It was such a bad storm. It had a name. And they ended up in the middle of the storm, and the apostle Paul said, if you'd listen to me. But then he, what did he do? He didn't stand out there and moan and groan. The scripture says he, apparently he was somewhere in the ship. And finally, along the way, he came up and he said, hey, I've been praying. And there was an angel of the Lord that stood before me this night. And he's told me that if we'll stay on the ship, none of us will lose our life. That was the word of the Lord. You read that passage of scripture, they go a little bit further. And all of a sudden, it gets pretty bad. Waves start beating the ship. They've thrown everything off they can throw off except people. I mean, they've even thrown off the tackling of the ship, the things that they would use to set the sails and steer it. They're just trying to get rid of every bit of weight. And the storm is beating against the ship to the point that they recognize it's getting ready to start breaking up. And some men decided, you know what I'll do in this storm? I'm just going to jump off into the middle of the water. Doesn't sound like brilliance to me, but apparently I wasn't there. But storms make you do crazy things. You and I don't often think clearly in the midst of storms. Amen. We often time our, our, our vision is blurred by all that's going on. Our hearing is impaired by all that's going on. Our stability is impaired by the moving and the shape. Storms create difficulty. And if we rely on our natural senses. And our human reasoning and our human thinking. I promise you. Unfortunately, I know from experience. You will make wrong decisions in a storm. If you act on your own human reasoning and thinking. Because you can't think clearly in a storm. You don't hear clearly in a storm. Unless... You get alone with the master. So we find the disciples in this storm. And Jesus has the audacity to be sleeping. Sleeping. It's funny, that that storm front that came through last Thursday night. uh, Friday afternoon. No, 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 Saturday. Saturday afternoon. Maybe it was last Friday night, not Thursday night. But anyway... Saturday afternoon, I was visiting with uh, Brother Hanchi, who happened to be over here uh, with his wife for ladies' conference. And uh, I was visiting with him outside the hotel. I said, man, wasn't that storm incredible last night? Didn't you love that? He said, there was a storm. (laughs) I mean, number one, I don't sleep very well when I'm in a hotel anyway. I'm like, yeah, there was lightning and thunder. And he said, you know, somebody else told me that, too. I'm like, you missed it. He said, man, I was asleep. Didn't even hear it. I thought, now, Brother Hanchi, if you listen to this, I love you. Uh, I, I thought, that's crazy. Who sleeps through that? But then I was reading this, this morning. I thought, well, the Lord sleeps through that. Why? He's not troubled by the storm. Because he understands the storm is subject to him. The disciples, though, they were awake. They were not sleeping. And they were seeing all the effects of the storm. I don't doubt they heard the wind, they saw the waves, they were rocking in the boat. And, you know, we can read this like, man, it must have been a small deal, but they just sort of overacted, overreacted. I don't think so. The scripture says the water, the waves started coming in the boat. We read that, right? To the point that it says the boat was full. I don't know much about boats. I know they're supposed to float. And I know the water's supposed to be on the outside, not the inside. And so when I read that the boat is full, that tells me cause for concern. So, I could read this scripture and I could judge the disciples and say, that's crazy, if Jesus was with you, what were you even worried about? I'll tell you what they were worried about. They saw all the natural circumstances around them. And all of the natural circumstances and everything they heard and saw was contrary to what they knew to be true in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same thing happens to you and I. When storms come, if I'm not careful, I'll get all of my energy, all of my attention, and God forbid my faith goes into the storm. And I move from a place of faith to a place of fear. I move from a place of trust to a place of doubt. I move from a place of hope to a place of uncertainty. What does that mean? That means my eyes have shifted to the storm. I've now let the storm control my thoughts. I've now allowed the storm to take over what I see and what I think about. I've allowed the storm to be the one that dictates how I feel. And it's the subtlety of the enemy when I begin shifting my focus and attention to the storm rather than the one that creates and controls it all. And so the disciples are in the boat. They're afraid. They're scared. And so they finally decide. I I would imagine. Just imagine. that They were probably looking and going, I'm sure he's going to wake up. I mean, it's getting rough. I wonder if maybe they like, get a cup of water and make it splash on them a little more. <laughs> I don't know. Look, they were as human as you and I. They were scared for their lives. They had no answers for what they were dealing with. They had no way out that they could see. All they saw was this is probably going to be the end of us. And maybe they thought, it's getting worse and worse. Surely he's going to wake up somewhere along the way. You know what I think? I think he was sleeping until they woke him up. And he wasn't going to wake up until somebody woke him up. Because he was determined somewhere along the way, they're going to recognize the only hope they have in this storm is if they'll get a hold of me. And there's some of us here today, I I don't know your situations. I know what I felt in the Holy Ghost last night and this morning. There's some of you, you are battling storms. And I use that word battling. I think the Holy Ghost uses that word because what you're doing is you're fighting the storm. Scripture talks about those as though you beat against the wind. I'm going to tell you something. You can beat against the wind all you want. You'll lose. The wind will not. You will wear yourself out beating against the wind. And you're fighting against a storm. And the storm has consumed your mind, consumed your attention. It's consumed your faith. They woke him up. He got up. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm at his word at his word and you know you see the first thing he said to them why are you so fearful why did the storm Make you so afraid. I feel the Holy Ghost today trying to reach to somebody to encourage you to know God still controls the storms, God still rules the wind and the waves. I don't care what your storm is, I I don't mean that like I have no concern for it, you understand. No matter how great it is, no matter how dire it looks in the natural, no matter what people say, I don't care what doctors say. I don't care what doctors say. I don't care what circumstances say. I don't care about any of those things. All I care about is what does the Lord say? He is in control. He is the master Of every storm. He controls the wind. He controls the rain. He controls the elements. They are all subject to my God. They cannot move one way or the other. Without his authority allowing it. He is in complete control. And I tell you this in the Holy Ghost today. In your storm. He is in complete control. Would you be willing to by the grace of God. Turn your eyes off the storm. Turn your ears off the storm. And turn your heart to him again and recognize you are the master you are in control I trust in you and your word and your ability you have the final say Lord our humanity says yes but when I don't know when but I know he's in control I know he's in control of the storm. He's greater. You hear the Lord's question, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? One passage of scripture in Luke chapter 8, we can read the same story where it parallels in Luke 8 and 25. He makes the statement. And he says, where is your faith? What's interesting about that, oh, there it is. Where is your faith? If you look at that, his question was, where did you put your faith that you had before we got in this boat? It was in me. I said, get in the boat. You obeyed. But now the storm started happening and your faith has moved. Where did your faith move? Your faith went from God into the storm. You have more confidence in what the storm's telling you than what God has told you. It's a deception of the enemy. I'll put no confidence in the storm. I'll put no faith in the storm. The things it tries to tell me, the things it tries to plant in my spirit to bring fear, doubt or uncertainty. I'll not lay hold. You know, there's our human nature, our human nature, not our spirit nature. When our spirits in tune with God, it doesn't do this. But our human nature lays hold on everything in the storm. Our human nature gives room to it, dwells on it, thinks on it, focuses on it, gives all of our attention to it and starts. Well, and somebody can say, I believe God is going to and we'll be like, yeah, but. Is that true? Why? What is it? Our faith is shifted into the storm. We have more confidence in what man tells us, more confidence in what circumstances would try to speak to us than what God says. He said, Luke, where's your faith? Mark, he said, Do you have no faith? Whoever you are, whatever you're facing, he is greater than the storm. I know two or three circumstances, but beyond that, I don't know of any. But I have been praying for the ones I'm aware of, and I've been praying for the ones that I'm not aware of. And here's what I recognize. When a storm comes, it can seem like everything's going to blow apart and there will be no stability anymore, and this is the end. That's just the enemy and his theatrics. That's what he's really good at is putting on a show. Everything, smoke and mirrors and deception and circumstances and manipulating circumstances to produce fear and steal faith. And that's what he does. But the Lord comes in and he says, I'll calm the storm and you'll be on the other side. Storms come often when there's transition. They come in a place of transition through the years, in watching many of you that I've been connected with or working with, privileged to be a part of the body with over the last 13, 14, 15 years. I've watched storms come into your life, and I've watched the seasons of spiritual transition taking place. And as you've weathered through that storm in God's hand, you've allowed His hand to continue. And I've watched, there's times, no doubt, you know it, some of us, we prayed together going, Oh God, they're trying to bail out of the ship! Try not to look at anybody. That's many of you. I'm just as guilty. I'm not pointing finger. You understand? Our humanity just starts trying to produce some trying to produce something to fix the storm. If I can use that term, He controls it. He controls it. Turn the song's been turning in my spirits. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Come on, turn your eyes today. What are you looking at? What are you trusting in? What is your confidence in? What is your hope wrapped up in? Put it back in Him. Let your faith be restored today that God is in control. He's in control of your marriage. He's in control of your children. He's in control. God is in control. And with prayer, anything is possible He's in control. I know that assuredly this morning. And so, know and recognize this storm is simply here. It means we're going somewhere, it means we're in transition and you need to let God give you faith to see beyond the storm let God give you faith to see beyond that how do I do that I get my eyes on him and not on the circumstances I get my ears fixed on his voice and not the noise around me I get my thoughts meditating on the things of God not the things of this world I don't say that like it's easy I know it can be a challenge because those things will come and bombard our mind but I have to purpose by the grace of God to cast all of my care on him and let him give me a firm assurance again. You're the master of the wind. You control the wind and the waves and the sea. It's all subject to you, God. My circumstance is subject to you, God. You're greater than all of it. You're in control. You're in control where I've taken control. I release it back to you today where I've tried to do it myself. I release it to you today. I'll give myself over to your will. I'll give myself over to your direction. I'll pray in faith until I'll not stop believing that you answer prayer. I'll not stop believing that you're working on my behalf. I'll not stop believing no matter what the circumstances say because you have the final say. You are God. You are God and there is none else. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I pray things in faith. The Lord's been helping me. I can't do that in my ability. You can't either, but we need the Lord to quicken our faith so that we can pray things in faith. Um, I told you I've been, I think I mentioned it Wednesday night, I had uh, read and watched some stuff by Brother Barnes last week. Uh, he's gone on before. Many of you wouldn't know him, but he was a mightily used of God in many ways. Uh, and he talked about praying in faith. And praying in faith and letting God change how you see so that you visualize when you begin to pray. Not some mind over matter garbage. I'm not talking about all that junk. I'm talking about a work of His Spirit where you let His Spirit begin to deal with you and you wait on Him and you begin to pray in faith. You know where fear comes from? The enemy, the adversary. Not God. Not God. You know what drives out fear? Love. Love. The scripture says perfect love casts out all fear. Fear has torment, the scripture tells us. What do you mean it has torment? It torments the mind. Just torments the mind, right? Fear of what could happen if this happens, how about if that it hadn't happened, but just fear it torments the mind. perfect love casts out fear. Say, how does that work? How does love cast out fear? I'll tell you how. When I have a confidence unwavering, He loves me unconditionally. He's going to do what's best for my life. He has a plan for my life and yours to bring us to an expected end, an end of peace, an end of good. He has plans for us and He does it motivated by His love for us. And when I understand how much he loves me, the enemy can't get fear to settle in my spirit because I understand anything the enemy would bring to try to harm me, his love cares enough for me that he's caring for me. I've made statements to some of you. He loves your children more than you do. I've watched some of you with your kids going through the years and hitting adolescence and the pull of life that takes place in different circumstances and situations. And even before adolescence, there's got to be an understanding. God loves my children more than I do. Doesn't seem possible as a parent, I know. But I remember when fear would try to grip my heart about my children, about things that the enemy would try to plant in my mind that could happen, might happen, maybe this. There might be some indicator because of some choice they made, and so the enemy would use that to try to seize on my mind and plant fear. And you know what the problem was with that? When I'd go pray, I wasn't praying with faith, Sister Julie. I was praying from a place of fear. That sounds silly, doesn't it? That's exactly what I was doing. And you've done it before too probably if you're as human as I am. You've had something. that, And so you've gone and prayed not in faith but in fear. Would you let the Holy Ghost change your perspective today? So that when you pray, you stop praying in fear. But you pray in faith. Jesus said, the word said, pray in faith believing. Fear doesn't believe. Fear hopes the worst doesn't happen. That's not faith. Pray in faith believing. I'm taking my time here because there's some things turning in my spirit and I'm just waiting. Am I supposed to talk about that or not? We must pray in faith believing. In faith believing. Believing. I, I hope this is okay, Brother Jester. I was telling Brother Jester before service today, I am praying in faith, believing for the, d- the day that I see their son, Ronnie, with hands lifted, speaking in other tongues again as God gives him utterance. I'm visualizing it. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing him with his hands up. I'm seeing him with tears running down his. I'm seeing it. I'm praying it until it happens. Reuben and Vanessa, I am praying, and I'm watching Sammy run. I'm watching him play soccer in a field. I didn't try to dream that up in my mind. I'm praying in faith, and I see God working. I see a regenerative process because God can regenerate muscles and tendons and bones. He created them, and therefore they are subject to Him. Brittany, I see Pete in this altar. I pray until I see him there day in and day out. I pray until I see him there. I'm not praying in fear. I'm praying in faith. I would that something would shift in our spirit by the work of God today. That we would move and say, fear you no longer have place in my life. You no longer have place in my mind. You no longer have place in my closet of prayer. But by the authority of the name of Jesus, uh, by the blood washing over my life, uh, I pray in faith today. Would you release your faith this morning? I feel the Holy Ghost uh, trying to quicken something in your spirit. <laughs> My God controls the wind. My God controls the rain. The storm is subject to Him. Where is your faith? Get it put back in the one that created you. Get it put back in the one that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to His power that works within us. Hitabaleko Yo toria Rabashitoloboko. In the name of Jesus, I move into faith today by the grace of God. Hitamale leko roshitiyaba reko toriaba. Ilebe kiy ye. Come on, this storm is just a place of transition for you. It speaks of the fact that God is taking you somewhere. It speaks of the fact God is leading you somewhere. It speaks of the fact that He's getting ready to do great things in your life. And the storm is simply an indicator that you're on a journey that He sets you on. He has the final say. He's in control. Itabaleko kosoto Notice something that happened here. I'm hurrying to finish. Verse 40 of Mark 4 there. He said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? That was after he'd calmed the storm and the sea. But Verse 41, watch. And they feared exceedingly. I want you to notice, this was different. They were no longer afraid of the storm. What happened? Faith was being restored. And when faith was restored, they put fear back in its right place. A fear, a reverence of the almighty God. They went from fearing for their life to exceeding fear. And if you look at that word in the Greek, it speaks of a reverence and awe of the fact that they were in the presence of God in the flesh. And that was greater than any concern they'd ever had about a storm. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If you have been baptized in Jesus' name, all of your sins have been washed away. And if you have been baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues as His Spirit gives you utterance, It's another Bible study for another time. It's in there. There is power resident within you. It is the power of the living God that dwells within you. The Lord Jesus Christ comes and takes resident in my life and yours. And there is that word there that was there. Power is a Greek word dunamis. It means specifically miraculous power. You receive that after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's interesting, that Greek word dunamis is where we get our word dynamite from, by the way. As a child of God filled with the Holy Ghost, you have to trust in what lives in you, who lives in you. It's why we must be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's where the power comes from through his name and through faith in his name. He fills us with his spirit and then there's a manifestation of his spirit. And then we understand the storm is subject to him. And when he dwells in me, I can yield to his spirit and I can open my mouth and you can open your mouth and we can speak to the storm. By the grace of God, I've been speaking to some of your storms today. Go from praying in fear for your storm to start letting that gift of God that's within you be stirred up. And begin to yield to his utterance and speak to the storm in your life. Would you stand with me today? Ilamate lo Ilamate yo riya rabba shito ro shi ataha. Elo atahaye Ilamando ro shi atahaye Ilamando ro ko iara ianamahayo ataha. Come on, reach to him. When the Holy Ghost is working right now, let him work. The Holy Ghost is working right now, let him work. Hallelujah! Come on, find a place to pray. Find a place to pray. Talk with him in the name of Jesus. If you need the Holy Ghost today, He'll baptize you. He'll baptize you with the gift of the Holy Ghost as you begin to worship Him, lift Him up, and magnify Him. His Spirit will come and take residence in your life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, release your faith today. Release your faith today and be will, willing to receive the faith that God imparts. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
1: Sun will shine again
0: the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God what I'm hearing affects my faith what I'm giving ear to affects my faith and so what do I do I determine yes I heard that okay that was said Is that God? Okay, if it's not God, fair enough. I'm not letting it meditate in my spirit. I'm not letting it turn in my thoughts and in my heart. I'm not receiving that from God. That's man's opinion. That's the noise around me. That's a circumstance. It's a thought. The enemy's trying. Whatever. It's not of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what do I have to do? I and you, we must posture ourselves to be in tune and fellowship with God so we hear His voice. We posture ourselves in a place of prayer. We posture ourselves through time in His Word. We posture ourselves through fellowship with men and women in the body of Christ. We seek to set our ear to hear the voice of God and the Word of God and faith comes. I was, I had the strangest experience the other day. I was in another city and I was working on a project with a couple of other individuals. And the individual I was paired with, we we were interacting with a lot of people uh, through the course of this project for about, for several hours. We were interacting with a lot of people. And people were coming and going and coming and going and coming and going. We're talking with them, engaging them. uh, Very quick exchanges and they're moving on. Quick exchanges and they're moving on. And the person I was with, good individual, uh, I think they got a big heart. And they were engaging people. And probably about an hour, hour and a half into it, the more they engaged people, the more trouble my spirit was having. thought what in the world i'm just trying to do my job and do this project but it was getting rough for me and this is going to sound harsh this is how my spirit felt i didn't say this just to be clear i honestly i was like would you just stop talking now sorry you're going man i felt that way a few times no it, it wasn't that they were saying anything wrong they were just engaging people in this. But something was going on where I recognized it was empty. There wasn't anything genuine about the engagement at all. It was simply just going through motion. And the more that communication took place, the more it grated on my spirit. And I'm thinking, Lord, what is this? That's literally what I'm asking myself as I'm continuing to work. I'm processing this in my spirit. I'm going, Lord, what is this? And this is what I felt like the Lord spoke to me. This is what it sounds like. When you try to operate in your flesh. But if you'll yield to the Spirit. And let the Spirit give utterance. There's life. There's a quickening. Hear me. You and I go through our day. And sometimes... I'm guilty. We fall in the mode of just being friendly. Don't raise your hand, but you're probably as guilty as I am. And I've caught myself sometimes, Brother and going, hold on. I'm called to much more than that. I'm called to much more than that. I can't. I don't want to just fall into, oh, it's nice to see you today. How are you? It's good to see you today. How are you? It's good to see you today. How are you? Hope your day's going great. Oh, nice shirt you're wearing. Oh, like that tie. And just empty, void words, noise. You have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. When you speak, your words are life. Watch what you're hearing. And then hear from Him and speak with faith. Amen? Why don't we stand together today? Lord, we worship You. Lord, we praise You. We thank You for what You are doing and what You have done here today. I thank You for the operating of Your Spirit and what You have accomplished today. I believe great things have been done in the Spirit in the lives of many individuals according to Your Word, Father. We worship You. We praise You. We give You all glory. We give You all honor. We give You all praise. It's You alone that's worthy. You alone that is worthy, Father. We bless Your name this morning. And we praise You. Everybody said, amen. Praise God. I forgot to mention, the flowers are not here today because they've been ministering in Union Gap. They're there today. Praise God. Keep them in prayer. Uh, before we go today, um, I want to take a minute. I'm going to ask the Walker family to come. If they're downstairs, maybe somebody could go get the rest of the kids. Mariah, could you maybe help them go get the Walker kids, Dallas and Melody and... Natalie, and I don't know if Levi's up here or down there. Praise God. Mom and Dad, you can come on. As many of you are aware at this point, the Walker family is relocating to Lewiston, Idaho. That's about four and a half hours away, depending on if I'm driving or Brother TJ's driving. At least that's what Sister Jessica said the other night amen we love this family very very much and they are a precious and beautiful family of six getting ready to be eight just like that there's twins in there I'm told and so they have a the Lord has opened this door to them we've talked about it we have peace about it Uh, we hate to see them go but they'll be working there with brother TJ's uncle who owns a HVAC business and uh, they'll also be connecting with the church that's there, Brother and Sister Holt, pastor of a church in Lewiston. And uh, aren't they beautiful? I'm going to ask you guys a slide right over here in the middle if you can, just come up a little bit. Amen. There's a saying that says, "Parting is such sweet sorrow. And I'm excited. I, I told them the other night, I said, you know, this is just sort of a season, I think. So we'll see what the Lord will do. Uh, my job takes me to Pullman every once in a while, and it's only thirty minutes down to Lewiston. I told him, I said, I might just call you and show up for dinner or something, you know. But we want to we want to pray with them today. Uh, Brother TJ is heading out. Uh, this would be his last service with us today, at least on an ongoing basis, and. Sister Jessica and all the kids will be with us through next Sunday. They're going to stay for camp and children's church. They're asking about that. And so, but we want to pray together with this family. We want to send them with our blessing and covering. Amen. Amen. So I'm asking you to come. Just come in behind here. Come in. Let's just surround them. You don't have to put your hands all over them necessarily, anything like that. But let's just gather around them. And uh, we're going to agree in faith. We're going to send them today in faith with our blessing, with the covering of the Lord and uh, with the charge of the Lord. I charged them the other night in our home. I charge them publicly today. As a dad, as a mom, as a husband, as a wife, your first commitment must be to the kingdom. For these children, first commitment to the kingdom. Amen. And so let's pray together. believing the Lord to send them and to bless them. Can we do that? In Jesus' name. Father, thank you today for the Walker family. Thank you, Lord, for all that they are. All that they are to this body. We send them in faith, believing for great and mighty things in their lives. The blessing of the Lord. God about them, the wisdom of God prevailing in all of their decisions. We pray the strength of the body of Christ released unto them today. We pray the mercies of God, and the glory of the Lord tabernacling over them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let their steps be ordered of you, let their thoughts be ordered of you, let their days be ordered of you. In the name of Jesus we pray, bless these children, touch their lives richly and abundantly.
1: Let the Holy Ghost operate in, with, and through them, each one in Jesus' name we pray, in Jesus'
0: name, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You know life's a journey, isn't it? I, uh. Fix everybody differently um, when we came here to the east central Washington almost 15 years ago now man time flies how old are you now 32, 32. so he was 17 then I guess but I knew him when he was 11 I think it was the first time in a camp that I met him maybe When we came almost 15 years ago, out of the people that were here then, TJ's the only one that remains. And so there's a part of my heart that uh, I believe is forever connected to this young man. And... uh, I believe I've been blessed to watch him and his wife and their children, their family grow. I'm very proud of you. When many people didn't give him a chance, God said, let me do what I can do. And God has taken what the world would have written off a long time ago, probably early on. Give him a beautiful wife. given them a beautiful family. And bless them. Is that' true. Yeah, love you. Love your family very much. Amen. So greet them today uh, before they go. You get to see this group a week, and and encourage brother and sister Sanchez, especially sister Sanchez. <laughs> I, if if she starts feeling too down, I just tell her my mom's twenty five hundred miles away. They're only four hours away. Amen. Praise God. Love you all. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Uh, if you're wondering, man, something smells awful good. Uh, it's not my cologne. Uh, they have made taco meals downstairs. I know we've sort of bombarded you a little bit with different fundraisers. This is the last one, I promise. At least you're getting fed for it. Uh But they have full taco meals downstairs. We're sending our kids to youth camp. Please come join us. Have a meal with us. If you can donate, donate. If you can't, come join us anyway. There's plenty. There is plenty. Please come join us. Fellowship together. Have a good meal. God bless you. Greet the walkers today.